0: Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Gash. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well despite the Celtics uh, season ending a couple of days ago. We have a classic fan therapy session for you guys today. We'll, of course, wrap up the Heat series and how the Celtics not so gracefully bowed out at the end of Game 6 there. Uh, But then we're going to celebrate the season a little bit and do an around the room on what we're thankful for with this team and this season. Hopefully, you'll walk away from this one with a bit of closure, maybe, feeling a little more content with the conclusion of the season, and finally, a very content-packed Reddit recap as the Celtic subreddit explodes with hot takes after the Celts were eliminated. We're going to rattle off a bunch of them and get some quick reactions going on. Joining us for all of it and more, our usual co-host there from New Zealand, Joe, aka no McFly. Joe, what's going on, man? Welcome back.
1: Man, what's going on? Uh, well, you know, we've been processing it. Um, I've been letting Ben down in multiple ways over the last couple of weeks.
0: (laughs) No, you cannot let me down more than the Celtics have. So it's, it's a good time to play over the radar in terms of letting me down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a spicy take to come out of the gates with Ben. No, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Nice, nice. Uh, also,
0: very happy to welcome back Jake from the Backdoor Cards podcast, Jake Eisenberg. Uh, how's it going, Jake? Welcome back.
2: Mate, doing good, doing good. Saying earlier, I'm doing better than I would have expected, um, yes. considering there's no more Celtics basketball until we have no idea when.
1: Yeah, that's horrible, eh? Yeah, that's the unknown.
2: Yeah, I don't like that. Um, but no, mate, I'm good. Wearing my Celtics shirt, I'm thankful for the season. We'll get into it, but I'm doing. Better than
0: expected. Excellent. Good to hear. And hopefully anyone listening will be doing better than expected uh, by the end of this podcast, but we'll see how we go. So the Celtics season did unfortunately come to its conclusion as they gave up yet another fourth quarter run to the heat. A couple of days ago, guys, were you confident at all going into this game? And like, how are you feeling as it unfolded in the fourth quarter? Obviously we're up six with nine minutes to go. Little too long left in the game at that point. I think we kind of picked too early. And then, how are you feeling as that sort of roller coaster ride came to an end?
1: When we took that, like that ninety-six ninety lead, like at that point, like we we got the lead, doing the stuff that um, normally bodes real well for us. When we're forcing turnovers, getting out on the break, that's normally when we're taking control of the game. And I thought we were going to do it. I thought, yep, sweet game seven here we come. You're going to regret this, Miami. And then afterwards. Like when it became obvious that it was gonna be close, which that was cool. But I just felt robbed of a dramatic finish. Like it just wasn't dramatic at all. It was just kind of deflating.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, ninety-six ninety. And I'm like going oh, you yeah. going into the game, I was kinda okay with either result. I thought it would come down to it. I but like get the game five first quarter, it just felt like I was slowly dying and I and I was so thankful that they kind of brought it to a game six um, and then we got to game six and you're right. We were doing all the things that had that kind of got us to that moment, clicking defense, and then just absolutely collapse. It was a microcosm of the entire series. I think kind of some stuff that we saw in the Toronto series too, with the late game stuff, but it felt like the game was over 30 seconds later. Like all of a sudden we were jacking threes and had just given up. Um and it was still we're only down five by eighty eight and the the finish was not close. Like it was shaping up to be close and all of a sudden we we lost by twelve or whatever the end score was. It was ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was absurd. It was a blowout.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Partially yeah, yeah. thanks to Tyler Hero, the, the villain, as it turns uh, out for from the Celtics fan perspective. Um Brutal. I put down vibes of Game Seven, 2018 Eastern Conference Finals, where you know Tatum has that dunk on LeBron and the three. I can't remember; it was a while ago now. Uh, prior That's to right. or just after that, that dunk, and um, and then we just settle for threes and we miss them all and we lose the game. And that seems, you know, in a nutshell, pretty much
1: what happened here to uh, to close out Game Six. Unfortunately, did did um, you guys kind of feel like when Kimber Kimber had two threes, he had one mm-hmm. three when we were up six and one when we were up five, and I was like, oh, if these go in. I just felt like it was actually going to break the game open for us. That's how I, at the time when they were in the air, I was like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. And then. mm,
2: Yeah. and And one of them was just like catch and shoot on the wing. Yeah. Money time. Yeah. And then from then it was just Kemba man. Yeah. He missed some really makeable Kemba shots in that, in that fourth quarter and yeah. That's what makes it so
0: painful. But yeah. Like let, let's get it out here like let's vent. That's what it's all about. Like those some of those shots you know were very makeable camber shots and it's hard not to think that we were those shots away from forcing a game 7 then suddenly maybe a game seven it comes down to best player in the series kind of thing. Maybe we get a Tatum game and uh, it's probably unhealthy to think about at this point, but um, it's, you know, it was, <laughs> a, it was why, a very, Are
1: you listening? Because you're another <laughs> <Yeah>. unhealthy person.
0: <laughs> That's <Exactly> right. right. <laughs> That's right. It is. Look, it's disappointing. Uh, I will throw a stat out there. Marcus Smart, six for 22. How do we feel about Marcus Smart taking 22 shots in an elimination game?
1: Six for 22, that's great bowling figures. But not, <laughs> so great, not so great from the floor. Yeah, it's Six for 22.
2: <laughs> that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. And, but like, as, and some of the shots are really bad, but at the same time, he made a lot of them early. So you kind of wanted him – I kind of wanted him to keep shooting early because you kind of need to capture – and take advantage of that hot Marcus Smart stretch. The problem is, and it has to be part of his development, and much as I love Marcus Smart, the bad shots, like he's the fourth shooter, fourth best shooter on the court for the most part, and the confidence to think that he's the best shooter in the entire league in those moments is commendable, but often <laughs> ill-advised. And it happened in both games, was it five and six or was it four and six? But yeah, it happened at least in two games where some of the shots that he decided to take were, were bad. Not only did he just miss them, but the types of shots were bad. Early shot clock, pull-ups, and he wasn't even getting close no. on some of them towards the end of the game.
1: Yeah. And
2: he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't care, which is good, but also bad in this situation.
0: Yeah, especially because uh, the the pattern for success for the Celtics, and it wasn't just limited to to this game, was it goes back to the the Philly series and the Toronto series. Is get paint touches, get the ball in the paint, swing it around. Like Joe, I know you, you um, harp on about this all the time. That if we get a paint touch and then swing the ball from there. We like those shots that we get better, even if it does end up with Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. you know, um, throwing the Hail Mary at the end of the shot clock, at least you, you've cycled through your options, you've cycled through your offense, and that is literally a last resort, as opposed to Marcus Smart in transition, pull up above the break three, oh, yeah. when, you know, it's, it's elimination on the line. Very, very frustrating. Um, Joe, any, any points on that at all with Marcus Smart? I know you're a huge Marcus Smart fan. I'm
1: a huge fan and I'll always take the deal. You know, I think Smart's <laughs> willing I do think Smart's willingness to shoot. I made this I'm not the first person to make this point, but Smart's willingness to shoot is a feature not a bug. You know, um <laughs> it, it's it's one of those things that like it makes him more playable because he is willing to be a threat. It means he gets guarded. He's like a realistically, he's a league average three-point shooter right over the course of his career I'm sure it's worked out to be that he gets guarded like a little bit better than that I think but I, yeah those shots hurt us man I I, I sometimes think like his mentality is, it was just like he was just so I think it was born out of competitiveness you know him taking those shots sure I think if you were to give him truth serum I think he felt like there are a few 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 other cats on the team that just really weren't willing to put willing to put their balls on the line to win. You know, and that's what Marcus Smart is, right? You know? Um man, to be a fly
0: on the wall of the uh Marcus Smart Truth serum experiment. That's uh to my <laughs> top five fly on the wall situations. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. He would yeah. be an amazing dinner
2: guest. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah especially if you've got like a hoop in the backyard get some pickup going yeah (laughs) after dinner
2: (laughs) yeah he beat you 21-0 because he's like
0: (laughs) yeah and then take the d to your house (laughs) at the end of it
1: (laughs) um he's 6'4 you forget how big he is eh? you know he's 6'4 man that is so big in real life (laughs) yeah it's nuts
0: absolutely nuts uh Moving on from Marcus Smart, user Reddit user Perk Motherfuckers, hope I've got that name right, asks, <laughs> why is Brad not using Jalen Brown more when he's proven to be excellent at both ends, shooting and driving to the basket? Um, I guess to, to add to that point, like clutch, I was going to say clutch scoring, but clutch anything for the Celtics in the playoffs has been a problem beyond round one against Philly. Um, did you guys find it frustrating at all? Did you see it as a glaring issue that Brad wasn't sort of... Um, decisively going to, to Jalen Brown more towards the end of the game there. But
2: you want Jalen to be taking as many shots as possible, but in the right context. Like he's not good enough to just throw the ball to an attack kind of in isolation. Um, maybe you, Brad's a smarter man than me. I'm not a coach extra wise. Maybe you try trying run more stuff for Jalen, but he, he took 17 shots. Like that's he had Yeah. He had 26, 26 points. I mean, if you were to show me Jalen's stat line before the game, 26, eight, four or three steals, I mean, like, I'd be like, okay, it's pretty much the perfect Jalen Brown game. Mm-hmm. And I think that he can get to a place where maybe he can attack more, but he's just money catch and shoot. And, and that's when the Celtics offense is, you know, going so well, which we've alluded to is, where you got Jason and Kemba attacking and it, it just always finds Jalen in the corners or he can attack closeouts or in transition. But He's not somebody you can just go to and dump the ball into. Um, we saw it in the Toronto series. He, he tried to back down Carl Larry or back down um, Ananobi and he just gets stripped. Like once things kind of slow down in that situation, his handle's not good enough. Um, so I disagree with... What was his name? Something motherfuckers? Perk um, motherfuckers. <laughs> I appreciate it because Jaylen's like was shooting 50% from, the, from three in the playoffs, but those shots are a, a product of... Tatum
1: and Kemba creating. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's it's. I think it's kind of simple, right? Like, who's got the ball at the start? You know, who who's the playmaker? Right? Who's got the ball at the start? And he's kind of at least fourth in the picking order, right? Like, Kemba's a bit of playmaker. Tatum's he's probably fifth. Kemba's a bit of playmaker. Haywood's a better playmaker and smarts a better playmaker too. So he's just not going to get the ball. Like he's just not going to, he's not going to bring it up. He's not going to receive the ball first on the wing means it's just kind of a function of his relative skill level at that. I think, which is why he doesn't get the opportunities. Um, that said like point well taken. Um, I think he would have been very frustrated to see Marcus smart putting up 22 shots. Yeah, exactly. uh, And, and, and I think Smart's got to recognize that. Um, But I still love and trust Marcus.
2: Oh, mate. It's in the notes. (laughs) Every week.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Have you
0: seen those? not really off topic, but uh, you can buy them online. There's like these wooden things you can put on your shelf at home and it's like in this house we do not slander marcus smart <laughs> <laughs> you'll need to buy one of those <laughs> i need to buy a bunch of them so when we have guests on this podcast i can be like you've won a marcus smart wooden panel on your shelf
1: <laughs> hold up is this an actual thing you can buy or are you just yeah yeah, just yeah they are available like in for this purchase. house we hug and love furiously and whatever <laughs> yeah no like i think those, it's i don't know things that they pay 60 bucks from the gift shop along with the um along with the like road sign prints mm-hmm. you know for your area you know those ones if you've been to london you get like the yeah yeah you know, whatever exactly yeah. well yeah. i just i just I
2: in this house we do not And the first maybe it's alexa's either listening to me but in this house we do not slander marcus smart as the first thing Damn, that's come
0: <laughs> It's unique.
2: So, I don't care about anyone spying on me. That's what I want to happen. <laughs> I'm going to order one by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Look,
0: in my house that goes without saying, but I do feel like I need to like hop on the fandom wagon a little bit and like double down on the team. Now that it's all over, uh, we were talking about before we mm-hmm. started recording, like two of the three of us now have Celtic shirts on. Uh, Joe, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've got, uh, you know, your Celtics undies on or something like that that we, we can't <laughs> see. But um, let's move through the remainder of these Reddit comments as, uh, as a way of sort of getting through certain points on the on the game and the series mm-hmm. here. So user z 19 writes, it hurts, but we just weren't good enough. We got beat by a less talented team that was a lot hungrier and confident that we were uh, than we were. Props to the Heat, They played exactly the way we wish our Celtics would. Also, I think it's time Brad Stevens introduces a hierarchy to this team. Thoughts?
1: I resist this idea of hierarchy too much. I don't I, Brad does like I don't I don't I don't believe that's how basketball's supposed to be kind of conceived of. There there is, you know, there is a natural sort of hierarchy that kind of emerges, but I don't like I like, I truly like, like to think of a team as, as a sort of a single organism, and, um, and each guy has different roles on it, but they're kind of equal. And, you know, JJ, do any of you guys listen to JJ Reddick's podcast? Yeah, to uh, a few, yeah, yeah, occasionally. He, he had this comment, you've probably seen it going around, about how, like, if the Heat win against LA, it like validates everything he believes about to be true about basketball. And I kind of feel the same way. And I, and for that reason, I sort of feel like I don't want Stevens to institute a hierarchy. I want, like, I I love the idea of a, of a system, which is, um, you you know, which is, (laughs) Equal opportunity sounds a bit much to me, but um, but I don't like hero ball. Like, I don't like iso ball. I don't really love the Jason Tatum isolations. It's just not really how I like basketball. Um, I cheer when they go in, but I just don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, that's just not something I want to emotionally invest in. I, I'd honestly rather come close and lose, you know, um, and, and, and adhere to some sort of <laughs> philosophical principles, then yeah. as you win it all, like, like I would hate, like, I'd actually hate to cheer for LeBron. Like, <laughs> I'd hate it. So you're going you know? for the heat in the finals? <laughs> One million
2: percent. Yeah, 100 yeah, <laughs> perch. That's 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: I'm glad we got that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I feel you, Joe. I understand where you're coming from. Um, Jake, any any thoughts on the hierarchy? Like, for example, do you think maybe Brad should uh, instill a hierarchy at which he as a, is at the top of? Because it feels like he's not necessarily at the top of his own hierarchy at the moment. Brad's not
2: at the top of his own hierarchy.
0: Yeah, like he, he seems a little passive at times. Like this has been the feedback, at least, you know, on mm. Twitter and, and uh, mm. Celtics Reddit. Um, that he needs to be more assertive with the team, especially in, in late game situations like that and sticking to their offense and not falling back into that ISO ball. Do you think there's any merit to that?
2: I I would love to know if that is Brad's kind of choice. Like is he deciding like there's no way Brad just would have told the team, just hey, only shoot threes for the last minute of this minutes of this game. Like that's like in game uh, four, or four that they lost. Yeah, game four that they lost. Like they were just shooting and shooting when they finally attacked the zone. And we heard Brad in the wired, uh, like in the little clips that NBA puts together of him telling them to attack the zone. And when they did that, it was successful because you attack and they close in, you score and you kick. Like, um, now whether or not Brad needs to be better at getting his point across at how important those things are. I I don't know. I think it's more of a function of these guys are still pretty young and inexperienced, like Kemba's first time being here. I mean, man, Gordon, tough run for that guy. Like, he yeah. just obviously wasn't healthy and still regaining his confidence. But I think the hierarchy naturally is there. Like, Tatum was pretty much the shot leader in every single game. Like, game six, he took... Uh, 26 shots which is more than anyone else Marcus took too many but then it was Kemba with 15 and Jalen with 17 and in the game before it's uh, Tatum with 22, Jalen with 23 which is perfect because the offence was flowing and that's why the Celtics won by more than 10 points I think the natural hierarchy is kind of there I don't think Tatum's good enough to to kind of run it like we did with IT, like IT was clearly so much better than everybody Mm -hmm. else at the hierarchy made sense but the best offense that these dudes play is when it is, I don't know, equal opportunities the right way, but you use Kimber and Tatum to attack and then it just naturally spreads across the team. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Unless you've got, got a LeBron, whether or not you like it or got a Harden, like, that is the only way that a clear, clear hierarchy should exist. And Tatum's not there yet.
0: Yeah, it is interesting though. Like what you mentioned with like, is Brad Stevens actually saying to the guys in late games, "All right, let's go away from what's working for us and like let's just dribble up over half court and get an ISO shot with Tatum or Marcus Smart, uh, evidently, and uh, and see where that carries us." Um, you know, we're talking about all-time fly on the wall moments. Like, I want to be in the locker room after mm-hmm. that where Brad's like guys, what the fuck? Like, we, yeah. we had a plan. Like, you know, we're going to run our motion offense. You know, we're going to have a lot of off-ball movement. We're going to attack the zone. What are these step-back threes, Marcus? What's going on? But, you know, obviously, unfortunately, we can never put ourselves in that position. But I'd love to know what's being said um, there because surely it's along those lines.
1: I think, I, I think there's a um, natural conservatism in players. And, you know, you know what it's like when you're playing yourself and the game gets tight, right? You kind of... You kind of just want to make sure you get a shot up. You know, you kind of get scared of live ball turnovers, which isn't like that bad a strategy. Mm. I just think for me the trouble is it's it's not so much that. It's to me it's like it's like we lose our aggression. You know, like I feel like it makes us a more passive team and it sort of just seems to just be it just filters into the to the defensive you know, kind of attitude. It just feels like – it feels like late in games, man. It just feels like we never get a rebound when we need to get it. it feels like we never get a stop when we need, need, need to have it. Do
0: and you guys attribute that to us being
1: a young team? I attribute it to us being, like, not the most aggressive team. Um, at least in – it's just my sense. Like – Go back to game one, right? Okay. So Kemba hits this jumper, puts us up five, and then like bam, Hero comes back and hits a three straight away, right? I oh, was t-
2: yeah, terrible.
1: Like what? That 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 to me, that's a team that's got like I don't want to I don't want to overstate it because it's not like we've got no dog in us, yeah. but that's a team that's coming off second best in terms of like you know when you're really just got the bit between your teeth you just don't make mistakes that arise from a lack of kind of aggression you know like that's a mistake that's 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 arising from just like just being a bit passive and and, and i just feel like sometimes they're playing scared to lose
2: yeah 100% in all the games that they lost is that feeling and and vibe um, came into it and like I don't want to talk about too much about the heat culture it's more about the personnel they've got in this team but like Jimmy he's going to be the most aggressive guy on the team, same with Goron same with Bam and apparently same with Tyler Hero um, and I think the only guy on the team that was like I mean Marcus is going to do it but also Jalen. Yeah. Like I feel like every time he's, he's going for it
1: um, yeah and, and both of those do I, I totally agree, Jake. And, and both of those guys, like, as we've discussed with Marcus, you know, like sometimes the aggression goes too far, but I'm like, flip, at least he's aggressive. Like 100%. I'm going to, like, I honestly felt like, I'm going to put Gordon Hayward on blast a little bit here.
2: Oh, no. I know he was hurt. <laughs>
1: It's I a know therapy session. Hurt. It's fine. It's a safe space. <laughs> okay. Gordon Gordon <laughs> Hayward should be my favorite player. Like I kind of love how he plays. I love yeah, his skills. Sticks to the fundamentals. Nice guy. Family man. Nice guy. Family man. Great mustache.
0: Great mustache. Questionable political choices, but <laughs> oh, that, it's out of scope for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I digress. <laughs>
1: Maybe it was out of scope before we started swinging on Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheers, it's all scope. <laughs> I'm going to put him on blast, and it's not for his questionable political choices. I'm going to put him on blast because I think the guy sulks a bit. I think he starts to sulk when he's when it's not going his way. And, I, look, the th- one thing you can say about Marcus, right, Marcus Smart would never sulk when things are going his way. Hmm. He's just going to try really hard, and sometimes to the detriment of the team and to him. But, you know, I'll take that, man. I'll take that mentality 10 times out of 10. It just feels like Hayward, he just looks like a kid that's had his bum smacked sometimes, yeah. eh, when things aren't going <laughs> his way. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like he looks like yeah. a naughty kid that's just that's on the verge of tears. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I on, do have
0: man. A, I do have a small counter for that. And that uh, is that uh, maybe 75% of his Celtics tenure so far, he has not been healthy. Probably more than that. I would say, you know, 85% he's been some sub 85% version of himself in terms of health. I think like you have to you have to factor that in in terms of him being tentative and maybe not being an alpha on the court.
1: So I'm, I don't I'm, care, man. I don't. <laughs> care. <laughs> I want Tucker.
2: No, I
1: yeah. want Tucker. Sorry, Jake, you go, man. No, 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 no. You're right. Like, doesn't
2: matter if Marcus Smart comes back from the injury where he's sliced his hand open. He hasn't played for six weeks. The first game back, he's diving on the floor. Whereas Hayward needs time to get like his soul, his basketball soul mm. back. Like when yep. when we got into the bubble, he was healthy. Uh, he was playing some of his best basketball, but kind of everything was going his way. And obviously he wasn't healthy, but like it was epitomized in that layup that he missed. Like that, he was smoking <laughs> bunnies all year. That yeah. was the worst one. There was no one anywhere near him. My dad texted me, "How does a six foot nine miss a layup that badly?" I was like, "He barely yeah. touched the What's rim." What's
1: he doing? <laughs> taking the layup? Like, you don't with two you hands place it into the hoop. That's yeah. <laughs> all. You're, yeah. Tall. You're yeah. athletic.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. tough. Yeah, I hear you. I, I probably am a bit of a uh, I'm a Gordon Hayward apologist. Um, that's no secret. Well, let's just move on. We'll, I, I wish like Gordon Ray. Hayward <laughs> went six for twenty two. You
1: yeah. know, yeah. like sure. I, I hear wish. You. Yeah, you know, I like
2: it. And maybe oh, yeah. next year, because like even though he had the, I mean, he was playing so well, broke his hand in San Antonio, um, and then obviously this injury. But and what's crazy is how healthy he was before he got to Boston. Like he basically played seventy plus games in every single season. So maybe that finally fucking evens out. It's a it's a contract year. He hears some shit. He's got a son now, like fourth four X dad strength. Power? <laughs> I
0: don't know. Um, Hopefully that comes into it. We need yeah. something. Final year of the contract if he does opt in. Like now's the time to show us Gordo. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, this is a, a therapy session. We are meant to walk away from this feeling good. So let's move away from Gordon Hayward. We're just talking uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna rush through a few more of these Reddit comments from Game Six in the series so far. User Device wrote: "Robert Williams deserved more minutes in this series. Tys was struggling with fouls all series long. Canter is a situational big. Do you agree? We should have seen more Time Lord in this series.
2: I don't know if we should have seen more Time Lord. We should have seen more Time Lord or more Grant. Yes.
0: Um, yep. The Williams the, Bros.
2: It, the Canter minutes worked for that for Game Five, but that's." That was it. You you couldn't put that. Like, we we won that a bit as soon as he went in. It was like okay, they were ready for it this time. It was like they got caught by surprise in the game before came in the next game. It was over. And you, time war was good.
1: Yeah, let's be honest. Like you can only flop Enos out like once <laughs> at the party. Like it gets old. <laughs> you know, depends on what kind of party it is. So hence it. why it's situational. <laughs> it's very
0: situational.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and look, he's he's not going. <laughs> is not going to be fully engorged on defense all the time.
0: <laughs> I hope we re-sign him just for another year's <laughs> worth of Enos puns. Honestly,
2: well, he's me. got an option, right? Like he's going to sign. He's definitely opting in.
0: Surely, yeah. I don't think he demonstrated value in in the Enus over over the course of the season. So, um, I think we'll see him back for yeah. for better or for worse. Yeah. Um, definitely the definitely. the tan of the bubble. Oh Just to go off topic God. a little bit, that, that guy was thoroughly tan to the oh point right, my where Mike Brain confused him for Jason Tatum, Tatum at one point. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> That's a solid
1: tan, <laughs> Tatum. There would be, if I was Tatum, that would be enough to make me go back to the, like to the curls, to, to the semi throw. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> just, just one final point. This is posted by RLS 12 and a tweet by Trey Adele, who's a great follow on Twitter, by the way. Kemba really rebounded on defense as soon as Brad Stevens stopped switching everything. He had a plus forty-two net rating differential in the last two games of the series. Ended the conference finals as a plus five. He's fine. Anyone saying he's washed is way off base. Any thoughts? I thought that was an interesting stat. He finished with a plus five and a 42 net rating differential after the two games, after they they called off the switching there.
1: He's, well, he, I was really worried. I don't know how you were, Jake, but I was like when that knee stuff came out at the start of the year, uh, at the start of the bubble, I was like, man, he just had three months off. This does not look good. Um, I don't think he's washed. Like, clearly not. Like, he can still play. But he definitely pooed his pants in that Raptor series. And... <laughs> Hey, and, and like, I'm not going to hold it against some odd poo my pants as well, but, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, mm, you're kind of getting paid top dollar here, bro. Like, it just doesn't mean like, I'm, I'm fine with Kimber on the team, but like, if we traded him, I'm not gutted. Like, Mm. if we can get equal value back, I'm not like gutted. I love the vibe he brought to the team though, man.
0: like, uh, shout out to LaBird33. We message, well, we're at the point now where him and I, we message privately outside of Reddit. And he, he sent a Kemba Walker trade proposal to me like the day after the series ended. Oh, and yeah. I was like, who says no? And I was like every single potential free agent ever for the remainder of time. Right. Like if we trade Kemba Walker one year into his deal yeah. with the IT thing, you know, in the, in the review mirror there, no one will ever sign with us again. So is Jake is, is trading Kemba Walker an option? Should we even consider it? Oh, man. You want to, right? Like if, if morale is out of the question, then it's kind of it's there, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but I think people forget so quickly how bad last season was from not just like a vibe perspective, but we got yeah. to, like just walked over by Milwaukee, which is a team that we should have beaten with that roster. Like we, our Horford, I mean, yeah, we litigate really that one, but <laughs> we shouldn't have gone out in five and no not way. going out like that. Like Kemba is not going to do whatever Kyrie did in that, in that situation. And I mean, it just depends on what you can do with that Kemba money. Like, but the the value that he brings to the to the team from a leadership perspective, I think he just needs to, we just need to re-figure out his role and he needs to really get a lot better off ball. Like if we kind of use Kemba in a, um, not all the time, but in like a Duncan Robinson and, Tyler hero type way. Cause he's an incredible catch and shoot, uh, shooter. Um, and also his first time in the playoffs, they were playing a box of one on him in the, in the Raptors series. And I think we just, we ground him into the, ran him into the ground, ground gra- him ground into the ground. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <They> did. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. And so it was obvious that he was like cooked and then Stevens really cut back. His minutes was a game two in the heat series and he became way better. Like even like you want kinda more, like he was he had twenty points but seven fifteen shooting, three for ten for three. You wish he made one more to make a forty percent, but like I thought he was pretty good for the most part. I think he made like two dumb fouls in the game six, but I don't I don't think Kemba's uh, a problem at all. And we needed to kind of do something with that money. There was nothing really available for us to, to do there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right. I mean I guess when I'm th- if, if I think it through, like the reality is we're going to run it back next season. Like There's not going to be major changes. And I'm cool with that, man. Yeah. Like It was actually a good season. Um,
2: Great
1: season. And, and maybe I'm changing my tune now, but like, Kimba's yeah. effectively like, imagine Kimba was a free agent this summer and we signed him to a three-year deal, which was a two plus one. Three-year deals are fine, man. Like yeah. He's going to produce next year. If he's crap the year afterwards, he's an expiring contract. Like, it's fine. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, he's only what? He's turning 30
2: next year? Is that right? Yeah. Like uh, he,
1: he's yeah. not a reality. Like, uh, I have this kind of category in my head. There's like reality bending players. There's like your max players, but then there's yeah. like that next level that the guys are just been reality. <laughs> yeah. We Good harden team. see Giannis' um, Yeah, he's just not. He's just no. not. Kimba doesn't bend reality. And I think that's a function of size too. Yeah, but there's just is. something unstoppable about LeBron and Giannis. Yeah. You know, when they get rolling, right? Like you just that's so big. You just like you can't imagine stopping them. Whereas Kimber, I'm like I don't know, man. I felt like I could have checked him when I was 20. No,
2: that's a joke. <laughs> man, no way. That's that's a
0: lie. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to say after you watch him get boxed in one for seven games against yeah. the Raptors. No, um, I,
2: I, I agree. He's not that T. Like even Kyrie. Uh,
1: nah. Yeah. Being,
2: being six foot. He's six four, I think. Right. Like
1: six, three, I think. Six man, three, maybe? Yeah. Which is, yeah. which is, yeah.
2: you know, that, it makes a difference. Six where, four inches. Like, Kyrie. For all the stuff, like he is reality bending, is a fantastic way to describe some of the shit that he's able to do. Like around the rim, like I think Kemba really struggled to get. He wanted to get downhill more, but he's quite easy to. He doesn't really have a lot of moves, like craftiness around the rim, relative to some of those, it's like Dame and Steph and yeah. uh, Kyrie. But he's still correct.
0: I think Kyrie thinks that he can literally bend reality just on that <laughs> point. That's kind of the problem there. <laughs> um, he can bin it. He can flatten it. <laughs> he
2: can do anything.
0: <laughs> just to, just to wrap up this segment, Paul Flannery tweeted, this is just to sort of summarize the season. Okay. Here's my take on the C's. They checked every development box and exceeded expectations across the board. They also left a huge opportunity on the table and should have regrets about how it ended, which I think sort of sums it up nicely. All in all, Pretty, pretty happy, successful season. We should walk away feeling like we achieved everything we wanted to, but we did come very close to the point where it's disappointing that they didn't go that one step further. Fair to say,
1: I liked that tweet.
2: Yeah, that was good.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I like. I totally agree with it. Like, I think our. Sorry, Jake. You wouldn't have. You, you're not in the inner circle yet, man. So you wouldn't have been privy <laughs> to the chat. Where I was like, like for me, a successful season was a deep second round. Like if we lost an, like a, a, a tough fought six game or seven game series in the second round, that was a successful season. So it's sort of, we sort of in found money territory, but man, it was all set up for us like to really have an opportunity to do it. I really think we could have won this year and um, getting beaten by Miami in six was not something I expected. And it's disappointing, and I think it's – like, I don't accept the takes that just assume Miami was a better team. I I really don't accept it, man. We, in my mind, are more talented, and we were ahead for a majority of the playing time, like a vast majority of it. And when we won, we blew them out, and when we lost, we lost in heartbreakers. Um Miami's clearly better in the clutch. There's clearly something mentally that they had over us, but I do not accept for a second that they're a, a better basketball machine than we were, not for one second. And and for that reason, man, I think we – you only get so many opportunities, man, and, man, we'd let one go. Oh, what a shame.
2: <laughs> I, I, I think we could have made the finals, but – I had the exact same expectations coming into the playoffs. I was like, I want to, I was scared to st- even though there was no Simmons, I was still scared of the sixes. Right. I know that we struggled, but I wanted to destroy the Sixers and then have a, a war with the Raptors. That was mm-hmm. what I wanted. But then you're right. Once you get to the, to the Eastern Conference finals and you're against the heat, you're like, I, I don't know. We, we should, we should win. We could we should definitely win this. I picked uh, Celtics in six. Um, but I guess, the fact that the Celtics and it showed itself in the Raptors series, they just weren't good enough offensively to take advantage, but like we're not, we're just not good enough in the clutch. And so we're the more talented team. But if you're missing that, you can't win a title. And even if, but at the same time, you get the right to to lose to LeBron again. I I actually, I I just don't think that we were going to, I think the Lakers win in five or six against the heat and the same against the Celtics. Um, but like once you make it who knows but yeah
1: yeah and you, you
2: get to be
0: talked about you know like already yeah. there's so yeah. much like hate this hate that in the in the yeah, bugger of those video. guys but it's so, a- so nice like it's so nice to just be like ah they're talking about my guys you know yeah. like it's such a nice place to be and we kind of got that in the conference finals in the raptors series and, you know, obviously the goal is to win a chip, but uh, I just like being in that position mm-hmm. where like uh, our beloved Jalen is being like talked about on yeah. primetime, like sports media TV for, for a couple of weeks. Um, sure. So I'm but, disappointed that we miss out on that.
2: But like, you think about the, we're like the 2012 thunder, it's 2012, 2012 thunder, but they, mm-hmm. they made it, but the, like they made it and then got punked and we, we hard and still gets made fun of for no titles. So does Westbrook. Katie <laughs> yeah. gets made fun of for everything. So it's like, you've got, you made the finals, but they're not really, it's not like as you win, no one cares about you making the finals. And right now it hurts, but in five years, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, it's- I think, I think we've got to have some perspective about this team. It was a great, it was a fun season yeah. with some frustrating moments. And, um, and it is a missed opportunity. I, I I think we could have won the title, but I agree that probably not. <laughs> like like yeah. LeBron and AD are just like really big guys, and we just struggle. Like I could just see us like, you know, it, what what brings to mind is the game we lost against the Lakers. Yeah. You know where we were up. I think we we're up four. We were up yeah. four with under a minute left, and it just kind of like you just feel the lead kind of bleeding out of us. You know, I could just see four games like that happening and us blowing them out once or twice, you know?
2: Yeah. It was that game five that LeBron had against the Nuggets. I was like, until that happened, I kind of was like, Oh, hate yourself. This could win. But now
1: dominated man. I
2: I, I just think he's going to just destroy them.
0: Yeah, he's kind of the he's a lot of things, but the antithesis of our late game issues where like he mm. does the exact opposite and just completely seizes mm. the the room, the postcode, you know, and just completely takes over and makes himself felt there. Um We're gonna move on. We have gone very long on this. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I, wrapping I, I up the, that, the oh, season. Well, but it is important just to sort of freeform talk it out i think and hopefully it's been beneficial to to those listening uh, just to help you sort of compartmentalize what just happened uh, you know because we do take our c's very seriously um but maybe package that up put it away somewhere in your head and move on um so the general consensus is that this was an enjoyable season. And I think a good way for us to wrap it up and perhaps Mm -hmm. get a little closure is to do a quick around the room on what we're thankful for this season. And we can get, we can definitely get to what we're hopeful for or regretful of um, from this season of upcoming seasons. And we should do this in no particular order. So Mm -hmm. let's just throw it out there. I'm going to start and this gives you a sense of how in no chronological order it should be. I'm thankful that Jalen Brown didn't tear his MF and ACL on that dunk where he was undercut by Jimmy Butler. Cause that's what it looked uh, like at the time. And you know, we're probably going to lose the game in the series at that point, but that would have had, you know, repercussions well down the line. I'm very thankful of that he is by all accounts, still a healthy man
1: at this point in time. That's me.
2: That was, that was, thank God. It looked really bad. <laughs>
1: Enjoying oh that. yeah man I, I was wild At Butler for that yeah. Dirty bloody play Is what it was Yeah Absolutely was. And the thing is What They came straight down And scored on a Five on four situation yeah. Straight after that, After we'd gone up two mm-hmm. I mean who knows You know Who knows What the shape the game Would have taken After that Probably would have yeah. Gone similar Because Brad yeah. Yeah, Brad would have <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Danger cart treat Where it, Tweet, tweet, where he was like, "Oh, um, I think, I think, <laughs> I think, Brad, Brad Stevens's wife must have dated a guy called William Williams back in high school because <laughs> he, <laughs> he, <laughs> he <hates laughs> the Williams' so much it doesn't give many uh, doesn't give him any burn, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did Time Lord do to
2: fucking Brad? <laughs> <I> know, <bro. laughs> um, my overall most thankful thing was, I'm a big vibes guy. All year, dude. It was so much fun. Like, up until this series, as much – the Toronto series was one of the most painful two weeks kind of of my life between the Ananobi shot all the way through game seven. But Kemba, dude, his influence on this locker room and his relationship with uh, Jalen and Tatum and willingness to – like, the most important thing for the Celtics is Jalen and Jason's development and Kemba – he'll be gone before they he uh, his contract will be done before that before they even reach their prime. So like all of this energy and they lost, like it's, it's all going to be helpful, like going forward. And obviously I don't want to waste opportunities, but I had so much fun this season. So shotgun vibes for my choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a good thing to be thankful. I, I, I would, I would do that, but because this is a podcast, That requires us to say something different. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say I am thankful that we got that Toronto series. Mm. It was a classic. Mm -hmm. It was a classic. You know, I'll remember it for a while. Um, And, you know, not every year gets a championship. So at least we got, you know what I mean? At least we kind of got our championship.
2: The the double overtime loss to come back and win in Mm. game seven with Tatum going with... 29, 12, and 7, like, whatever it was. Um, yeah, amazing. Hell yeah,
0: so good. And worth all the subsequent pain in, in losing to the <laughs> Heat there. It was just, yeah, like, not to backpedal too far, but it felt like the playoffs, it was like a, a liftoff of a spaceship, and and the Toronto series was like the final point of the atmosphere that we had to break through. And then we got into like zero gravity with the heat and didn't know how to navigate in, in that environment. Um But yeah, like it was a very satisfying uh way for, for this team to sort of burst through some sort of barrier. Right. And, and to knock off the defending champs and, and maybe solidify their identity a little bit. And they are very young and I look forward to them building on that in the future. Except, except,
1: except Enos. I hope Enos didn't burst through any barriers. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to add on that at all um, I, I listed a lot of things to be thankful for but I realize we're going to run out of time very quickly so I'm just going to rattle through a few and then I'll throw it to you guys uh, Tatum's February and general ascent into stardom Kemba as the oh, was vibes good, antidote to, to Kyrie um, sweeping the sixes because I fucking hate yeah. those guys yeah. so much and sweeping yeah. them was so nice and I don't often go into opposing team subreddits uh but i did this time. i didn't comment but the anguish sustained me through a you know a couple of week period there where well, my child was very young and i wasn't getting a lot of sleep and this was like how i was getting energy to like get through my day um the tatum pierce high five in yes. the uh bucks game early in the season oh yeah that was it's my, cool. my, it's my google chrome background uh, um grant williams taco fall Nice! Oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: (laughs) you guys are real fans.
0: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Grant Williams, Taco Fall. Just in general, Uh, I'm not going to elaborate on that. The Celtic Summer League team, if you can remember back that far, that was epic. Summer League was great. Hell yeah!
1: (laughs) It was so needed after the after the flipping playoffs. Uh,
0: And the bubble, just praise the bubble. Like Mm. I know we're out of it now, but if you can remember back to like, is this going to happen? Are we going to see this team? What a shame they were doing so well. We love them so much. The season might be over without any closure. And then like, it seems weird looking back on it now, but the way that it came about, was so well organized by the NBA, so well executed, you know, they got our guys and some very competitive teams all in that situation together. And while we're disappointed that it's over now, like you have to be thankful for the fact that it even happened. I think that's huge.
1: Totally uh, it, it, you know, there are some competent people out there, eh <laughs> not not everyone's a bozo, um, and the nBA seems to have a few of them
2: yeah they, they were awesome. Um, what are you throwing to us for thankful things now
0: please yeah let's 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 run through it.
2: <laughs> um the Jays like what's the over if, if they were to set an over under for titles for the Jays, it's at minimum like two. And like, yes,
0: I love it. Like if they're gonna set, one, right.
2: they're gonna set one. Most people would take over one at least. Like there's no, I think if they were gonna set a gambling one, we've got these dudes. they are in a very enviable spot. I love both of them. We've got their the fire on the ice. I just love them so much. And like I became a, like I was a Celtics fan for my whole life. But like I'm, you know, coming into my twenties and stuff the Jalen and Jason era, like watching them get drafted and growing with them is already been so fun three or four years in. I'm just so excited to to see them for the next five. Um, And the other one is my next year. Thankfulness prediction is time Lord and Romeo. I'm not thankful for them yet. I was, I I, I am thankful, but super thankful next year.
0: (laughs) Yep. I love it.
1: Joe, anything to add to that? (laughs) Um, the over/under of two, gee, um,
2: <laughs> Jake, that's really hard to win three titles, man. Like, oh, so one and a half. <laughs> so one, one and a half, I guess. Right. So, like, sure. Under is one, over is two. It is
1: so unusual to win a title if you're not the Lakers. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you, you gotta, you gotta aspire for something. right, Oh, Joe? totally like aspire. It's... I think we should be grateful that we have a team that will be in contention. Mm. Uh, for a really long time and most other fan bases don't actually get to say that like we're like I guess we should just be thankful that Danny Ainge he doesn't get everything right but he really has gotten the big things right except perhaps the Kyrie trade but even then I still come down on the side of the people who say
0: that to do it was it. worth
1: it
2: I agree
1: yeah
0: got to use a of twenty. Sorry to interrupt you there, Joe. Says um, I'm this, done. <laughs> this season was the best since the IT years. You guys agree? Disagree? It hasn't been that long, but I
2: mean, it's only been there's only two like, years, what, three in between, years, three and a half
0: years. <laughs> the,
2: so I think it's it's a yes, I mean, right? The, yeah, yeah. I mean the the hospital Celtics year where they made the conference finals and went to game seven. Mm. That was pretty fun. It's close, but yeah. that's pretty. Yeah. oh... I saw. So, yeah,
1: I'm. I'm not a hundred percent sure that we have atoned for what we did to IT yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure that the ledger is cleared. Um, it was wrong, man. I
2: <laughs> Brad, know what it was the right maybe?
1: thing to do, but it was the wrong <laughs> thing to do.
2: What if we bring him back?
1: I'm I'm a hundred percent on board with it.
2: Give him a chance. I'm on board with it. I think he's washed, but at least to give him a chance to prove that he's washed or not.
1: Totally.
0: Yeah. Totally. Back up That's that Brinks truck, idea. open it up, and there's <laughs> just like a little piece of paper in an empty truck that just says vet minimum. <laughs> and you can have that and join the team.
2: <laughs> Dude, he's a good catch. Oh, look, uh, I think it would be bad as far as basketball goes, but you sign him, he rides the bench. It's I don't know. As far as, you know, yeah, bring back the the karma, because I think you're right. That was fucking brutal to ship him off after his sister dying, tearing his hip apart and giving everything for this team. To yeah. Cleveland.
0: Ugh, he he oh. needs a pension or something, right? Like the Celtics should pay him in some way, right? And support him and his family mm. for the rest of his life. Because mm. it, was, it was absolutely brutal. And if, if for no other reason, just to end the curse, and I, I feel like the... The effects of the curse are very much directed at Gordon Hayward. I do think there's a correlation <laughs> there, <laughs> and if we if we atone, then maybe we'll get a healthy season out of Gordon Hayward. Just putting it out there.
2: I like that.
1: Uh, <laughs> man, maybe. He goes uh, shaking his head. I'm not, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm not ruling. I'm not ruling that out. There's some cosmically weird things that have happened in and around the IT thing. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. I'm not. Man. Yeah. Give me the heebie jeebies anyway. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. Well, we're going to move on, but we have to summarize. We're thankful for lots of things and the IT thing will hopefully <laughs> will unfold uh, in time, but we're going to get into what we're going to call the rapid Reddit recap here to finish up here tonight. There has been, like I said earlier, a massive influx of posts in the Celtic subreddit since the game six loss, spanning the full spectrum of sanity and emotion and like really you wouldn't expect anything less given the season has just ended guys I'm, I'm gonna read out quite a few posts here and i want your quick reactions to them let's try for like a minute between us for each take just to, to wrap this up quite quickly um apologies to the posters if i'm abbreviating your uh, your very well thought out posts here i'll try and communicate your point as succinctly as possible uh let's begin I've got about a million tabs open here. We're going to be very quick here. Uh, this is posted by user De Salixa.
1: Is Harry Giles a perfect match for the Celtics? Yes, I love Harry Giles. I actually, he's been one of my binkies for ages.
2: Get a million. I, I haven't watched enough Harry Giles to really weigh in, but I want veterans. I think we've got enough young guys. It's my quick quick reaction. No, that's
0: good. That's that's nice and quick. Uh, The only thing that I would add to that, I haven't watched watched a lot of Harry Giles either, but I know that he's very good friends with Jason Tatum. And I know that in like five or six years time, we want him to stay. Um, But also, as I say that out loud, that means we need Harry Giles for five or six years, which might not be a good thing. Okay, moving (laughs) on. User Max Decay writes, Grant Williams as starting center, yay
1: or nay? If we don't get Harry Giles, I'm going yay. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love <yeah>. it. <laughs> I like. I, I really like Grant Williams.
2: I love. I, I'm, does, does it, I'm not. Yeah, I love Grant Williams too. I would just like to see him play 25 to 30 minutes next year. Whether or not he's the starting center, I don't really mind how Brad uses him. But he needs to be on the court for 25 plus every night because he's every time he comes on, Not every time, but for the most part in the playoffs, he was really, really good.
0: Yeah, I think if Gordo is healthy and Marcus Smart is our reliable six-man, that Grant Williams could be our reliable seventh yeah. man instead of like Brad Wanamaker or something like that. Yeah. User Vlade Doncic writes, <laughs> would you want one of the sixes stars? So And they go on, you can read this post on Reddit, Google it, you'll find it. They go yeah. on to basically talk about trade scenarios for either Embiid or Ben Simmons. Not particularly realistic, but... You know, uh, putting reality aside, would you guys like us to try and go for either Embiid or or um, or Ben Simmons?
1: Watching what Bam does makes me wonder why Ben Simmons couldn't do that. <laughs> in what way? I mean, in what way is Ben Simmons a worse player than Bam? And look at what he did in, in the right role. Um, I've wondered why Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons trade might look like wow
0: oh, one and result look like. <laughs> it's getting hot in here holy shit this is,
1: <laughs> I'm not saying I'm for it I'm just it's just no, we would right. just be so different like I just I just wonder if we'd just feel a little more give us more playmaking for one dude
2: the the Bam thing I hadn't thought about it that way but how is he different to to Bam Bam can't shoot but they're the same size, pretty much. They can defend. Maybe Bams a better defender, but yeah. And I don't know that he
1: is though. Like, yeah, yeah,
2: he's just he's
1: on a more successful team. You know, yeah. maybe he's got more ticker. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I think he definitely has more ticker. I think Bams ticker is maximum ticker. A lot of tick. And heaps of wrist.
1: Yeah, yeah, good wrist strength.
2: The, the bubble, the, the isolation in the bubble hotel room was good, was, was good to ban.
0: Yeah, those wrist girls, they really, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they finally paid off. <laughs> he went back to his personal trainer and was like, told you, bro, wrist yeah, girls man. all day. <laughs>
1: Never skip wrist day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> User a young junior soprano, writes, I don't like all the trade Kemba talk one little bit. We did touch on this earlier, so we're going to be super quick here, yeah. but... Do you think that there's any opportunity for the Celtics to trade Kemba and come out better, better off from that situation?
2: I've been interested in getting Bradley Beal because he's also best friends with Tatum, but he's mm. actually really, really good. Um, But that would just never, that would never happen. I don't know why Washington would trade Bradley Beal for Kemba Walker or, you know, other than a incredible trade that like, Make sense on so many levels. No, I just don't see it.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. I just don't know about another scorer. I don't know that that's our, like, I don't know that that's our issue. Um,
2: you know, it, it might, just it felt might.
1: like we couldn't get a rebound when we really needed it. To, you know, like that felt more like our issue. That's why I'm kind of more inclined. Like when I think about, when I daydream about changing our team in any way, <laughs> I think, man, it'd be nice to have just, like, a physical force on defense, you know? Um, and Brown's a great defender, but he's not, like, he's definitely not Ben Simmons level. He's just – he's two inches shorter, three inches shorter. Yeah. Um, you know, he. I mean, man, man <laughs> cast your minds back, guys. When that Sixers team was just, was just Simmons and they had, like um, – uh, Marco Bellinelli and uh, who's the guy Ersan Elias so like that team was amazing to watch like before Embiid came back from injury man I just I wonder what Simmons could look like with I wonder what a Simmons Tatum combo could look like man I I really do defensively
2: it would be awesome
1: yeah
0: they were great in the All-Star game that's for sure Ah,
2: I forgot about that yeah they were all just Arms passing
0: lanes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, some alley-oops there as well from Simmons to to Tatum. Um, this was posted by user Lamp Moon. Mark my words, Wendell Carter Jr. will be a Boston Celtic. And blah, 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 going through this paragraph they posted here. The Celtics can offer picks plus young non-smart slash Jalen slash Tatum slash Romeo players to entice them. I do love Wendell Carter Jr. Do you think that's someone that the Celtics should go after? Do you think it's even possible?
2: I would do that trade too if we can not include Jalen, not include Smart, <laughs> and somehow get Wendell Carter. Sure, I don't know how that's going to happen though.
1: I just don't think we've got even change for for that trade. No, you know, I just uh, you know that's one of the things that the Celtics came into, you know, after that conference finals run where we just. We had no bad contract. We just couldn't find the cha- the right change to trade for Anthony Davis or whoever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, a guy like Carter, I just, I just don't think we've got the right combination of guys on rookie-scale contracts.
0: Okay. In the same vein, this is posted by user Kithimoti... Nine two nine. You guys are going to get easier to say names. Uh, think phonetically. Uh, thoughts on Tristan Thompson? So similar vein could be signed Tristan Thompson as a free agent or a trade for him. I believe he he might be a free agent going into the season. So is he someone that we could sign with? Perhaps our, uh, our tax exemption if we if we get under the tax or with our mid level exception.
1: We all we were we all thought he was going to get bought out. Remember yeah. mm-hmm. when yeah. they traded for Drummond. <laughs> Um, I mean, that sounds great. Like we just need, we just need to get a bloody rebound, man. Yeah. Like it just just drives you nuts watching those. We do, we get a stop, and then sure enough, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler comes up with it. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I think if we can get Tristan Thompson for the mid level or whatever one of those trade exceptions are, that'd be great. I think it would be. Um, much better option than Canter because I don't think we as nice as Canter's offense can be. Like it's, don't need his offense. You need defensive rebounding from that position, and just Thompson can offensive rebound too. Would love him on the team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Particularly over over Canter, and we can continue to develop Time Lord somewhere yeah. in the in the background there. User Patriots lover, 3096. <laughs> Again, in the same vein, keep Tice or not. They go on to say, I think we need a bigger 6'10 plus center with good interior defense and good rebounding. Kind of feeds back into the Tristan Thompson yeah. thing. Uh, keep Tice or not. Yay or nay.
2: Yay. Yeah, definitely. We, we, he's right in that we need some other element from the big man rotation, but oh, Tice is, is awesome.
0: Yeah, agreed. But do you, do you see him remaining in a starting capacity on a successful Celtics team that perhaps goes to the finals or ultimately do you see him being replaced by a, a more competent centre and, and Tyce being an impact, impact player off the bench? I
2: mean, I could see Timelord taking the starting position by the end of the season or going into the next year's playoffs if he is able to develop his defence. Um, the whole starting, whether or not he starts, thing doesn't really matter. Um, I think Tice's is great in so many matchups. It's just when you run into uh, a BAM or it would have been a problem against Anthony Davis too. But um, other than like those two, I think you can handle Jokic. Um, or maybe not. Probably not. Uh, he's good. I want to keep Tice. I,
1: I think um, it bodes well if one of the younger guys actually beats him out. Like Tice has established himself as a legitimate NBA player. So um, – you know, um, definitely keep him and, um, yeah, I don't think we should be in, a, in, a, in any rush to trade him. I think he's a valuable player and he's always going to be a good contributor on a team. He can defend a spot. He can hit threes.
0: Okay. We're going to rush through the the last of these because Joe, I know it's, it's after midnight there now in New Zealand. Thanks to it's, daylight savings time. So we're going to, we're going to smash through this very quickly. Um, I'm sure you're glad that you stayed up after midnight for this question. Thoughts on signing Demarcus Cousins? Supposed to buy user
1: Grogo Sometimes you think about things that, you think, <laughs> that might work, <laughs> and then yeah. and then I remember how much I hated it when Kyrie Irving was on the team. Mm-hmm. Demarcus Cousins is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Let's just not make our lives worse.
2: My. One of my best friends loves DeMarcus Cousins, and I was like, just get Boogie in here. I'm like, what is Boogie going to do? He has oh, – no, I'm out, <laughs> so out on DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, what do you bring? If you get him for the veteran minimum, maybe you give him a chance, but I just – yeah, I don't know. I i don't really need him as part of my life.
1: No, I mean, it's not going to make it more fun to be a Celtics fan. No. <laughs> no definitely you. not.
2: Yeah. He's not going to go against Bam or Anthony Davis or anyone like that and have success consistently. No way.
0: But, but credit to that user, like now's the time to just come out with that question, right? Like it's all about the the grieving process. And now's the time to be like, you know, to just throw that out there and and get some validation or not on on your thoughts there. So no judgment on asking that question Jugrogo. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's going to be the answer, but I understand how you arrived at that place. Um, this is posted by user Baywell 19, and this is transitioning into a a bit of a Hayward section here. What deal would you offer Gordon Hayward? If you were Danny,
2: I would offer like four for 60. Sure. I'd probably probably, (laughs) be okay with four for, I'd want to get it under 20 just so it sounds better. So mm-hmm. like whatever 18 and a half million a year is for four years, I'd be okay with that.
1: I think you want his contract to line up with Kimbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, because then when they come, you know, I think you want them to come off the books at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then you should do something. Um, at that point, obviously both uh, Jalen and Jason's extensions would be well and truly kicked in, but mm. you should still have room to do something. If both of them come off, I think. Uh, you know, don't quote me. So um, yeah, so I, I'd look for a three-year deal, and I'd probably want more like three and forty, three and forty-five, something like that. I just—he's worth more than that. Like he's going to get more than that. But
2: like—is he? I just can't figure out. Like, like how, who's who's going to watch Game Six and be like, I want him on my team for twenty million a year.
1: Someone who's got $20 to spin, man. Like, that's the trouble, eh? You know, like... Yeah. John Corrales uh, talked about this on his podcast today, the
0: Locked On Celtics podcast. He's much better and more popular Celtics podcast. And he he, he talked about how, like, all of Hayward's uh, health-related issues, so his injuries, have all been, like, bad luck. They're Mm -hmm. not, like, chronic issues, like in the case of Kemba's knee, but it's, like, first game, he landed in an unfortunate yeah. way and, and kind of got, you know, um, I don't want to bring Jay Crowder too much into this, but Drake, Jay Crowder was involved while, mm-hmm. <laughs> while Gordon Hayward was in the air and he fell awkwardly and, and broke his ankle. And then he comes back healthy after a year and he gets caught up on a screen on LaMarcus Aldridge and his, his hand is facing the wrong way and he breaks his hand and that's it. And then he lands on someone's foot in game one of the of the playoffs here in against Philly. And twist his ankle and it's not like these are no contact injuries and so if we can just move on from the curse and Mm -hmm. and re-sign gordon hayward to a team friendly contract and maybe add in a no trade clause here this guy's just had his fourth child probably looking to not move his huge family around the country too much we can get like a long-term deal but with you know so like five years but $15 $15 million a year or something like that. It's surely. also, a, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> throwing the no trade clause there, surely he buys into that. And then you add the Brad Stevens, Butler, we need to close the loop on almost winning a championship narrative there. I don't know. I don't want to be too presumptive, but there's enough there to maybe think that he might buy into something like that.
2: I, I would think so. After everything that he's gone through, that he would really respect and appreciate locking up a long-term deal um, with the Celtics with Brad Stevens. i I watched a live a live stream with Tatum and his like h- high school buddy when the quarantine was going on and uh, he his friend asked him who's the most underrated player on the Celtics and Tatum just goes What do you think of G as Gordon? He goes Tatum always talks about G. He calls him G and he really believes in him. And I, and I think you're 100% right. This is a situation where we get like 90% Utah Hayward for the next two years. Like it definitely is, exi- exists. And he was playing pretty much at that level before he got injured in the playoffs.
0: Totally. We are going to move on, even though we can talk about, I feel like we could do another hour on saying, Gordon yeah, Hayward. Just, yeah. but user King Roth, and we're just going to move on from this one straight away as well, right? Hayward's time on the Celtics has been cursed ever since he broke his leg. Not his fault, but it's time to move on. All right. We are going to move on from that post as well. This is posted by user Solarscopes, and it's a tweet by Tim Bond Temps. Gordon Hayward likely to exercise his 34.2 million player option with the Celtics, um, which I think makes sense, right? Given the... Yeah. Um, we're completely unaware of what the cap situation is going to look like with COVID-19,
1: essentially. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, given I just offered him, you know, opt out, <laughs> get three for 45. <laughs> so he's like, you know what? <laughs> exactly. I think I can make up that $10 million over the next two years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. So the deal would need to be better the offer if you wanted a long, like a longer term thing. But yeah. Uh,
0: Increasing the spiciness level here, the, the Scoville scale level. Uh, this is posted by user par799. Writer, this is an NESN article, by the way. Writer for The Athletic speculates on a trade of Gordon Hayward for picks uh, for Oladipo and
1: or Miles Turner.
2: I saw this guy around today.
1: Nah. Um, no, no, thank another, you. I don't want another score type. We don't we need Yeah. Hmm.
2: And Turner, Turner is... Oh, God, you're just going to be... He's tantalizing because he's led the league in blocks. He can shoot threes. and In theory, he could defend Bam and Davis, but Sabonis outplayed the shit out of him all year.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'd much rather trade Gordon Hayward for Sabonis. If that was on the table, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm pulling the trigger on that immediately. Yeah. Sorry, Gordo. I love you. Yeah, I love your yeah, four oh, children, oh, but yeah. I'm trading you for Sabonis. Yeah. yeah, totally. Now, to wrap this up, User Bel, Belgian Riff. Sorry if I've got that wrong. I'm sure I have. Unpopular opinion. I'm a little relieved that the Heat are in the finals. I can see where that might be an unpopular opinion. The Lakers would have easily bullied us down low and Heat are much better equipped to keep the Lakers from tying with us. So to wrap this one up, guys, do you, do you at least buy into that take at all in that maybe you felt like we were going to get completely owned by the Lakers in the finals? And just to wrap up, like, how do you feel about this final series? Are you backing the Heat? Do you think the Lakers will take this easily? Um, and, yeah, just general thoughts on the on the finals overall.
1: I mean, yeah. the Heat, heat deserve to win. Like, they did deserve to win. So, I mean, maybe that means... I, I do, I guess in my heart of hearts, think they match up a little better with the Lakers. And I'm a basketball fan. I want to see the most competitive possible mm. finals if the Celtics can't beat it.
2: Yeah. Um, I think Bam makes that series competitive. You need someone who can... The problem is they don't have two Bams. So it's like, do you put Bam on LeBron or do you put Bam on Davis? Like, um, I could not believe... I didn't respect Bam enough uh, going into it because Tatum and Jalen and Kemper and whoever, once Bam was on any single player on the Celtics, it was like, all right, well, I guess I'm just passing the ball. Like, he is so ridiculous on the defensive end. So I think that that makes them better equipped to, to beat the Lakers just having him because you can put him on LeBron or Davis. The problem is LeBron is the absolute king of forcing switches. Or if you're trying to fight over to not switch, he just puts the perfect pass and you get a layup. So the Lakers are, I'm going to, I've got Lakers in six. That's kind of my prediction. (laughs)
0: Joe are you going to add to that at all or Joe wants to go to sleep
1: I I do do. (laughs) it's 20 past 12 Um, (laughs) I am going to be contrarian and pick heat
2: and six I hope you're right so badly just
1: for no other reason just for no other reason than if the unlikely happens I'm the only person on that corner
2: (laughs) I hope you're right I fucking hope you're right
1: Yeah, yeah me too I'm not actually picking it. I'm just trying to, you know, that's the ticket I want. Yeah. Yeah, It's Lakers in
0: six for me. I think like we're going to get the classic LeBron feel out game where maybe Mm -hmm. they even drop game one uh, to the heat. But ultimately I just think that there's no grasp stronger than that of LeBron James and Anthony Davis as a combo in the finals. But again, we could talk about this all night, but we've got a whole offseason to fill and Mm -hmm. we've already been podcasting for like an hour and 10 minutes now. So, Mm That is just about going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Stratid Podcast. Uh, we've had a lot of fun this season. This has been our third year doing this show uh, and we're very thankful for all the little messages and comments we could get from listeners along the way. We're not going anywhere. Joe and Jake, thanks as always for your time and for your efforts. Uh, enjoy the finals, guys. Yeah, good fun. Thanks, guys. Right.
2: That was a pleasure. I needed that.
0: <laughs> Likewise. And hopefully that was helpful to the listeners out there. In the meantime chin up Celtics fans until next time
1: go Celtics peace uh, uh, hiking in the sun the happiness that you mourn you know the kids still dance so we supply all the songs if I'm wrong